Hello, craft beer friends, and welcome to another episode of Tap the Craft Podcast. I am Denny Lewis. I'm coming to you from Boise, Idaho, and my partner in craft head brewer and owner of Trek Brewing in Columbus, Ohio, is Mr. John Ream. Now, John, how are you doing tonight? And, of course, what is in your glass? I'm doing well, doing well. It's been, uh, been a long few days, but, uh, hey, I'm here with a beer, so it could be worse. Yeah. And, uh... The beer that I have, it was actually a gift. Ooh. So, you know, we're usually used to you getting all the gifts, right? (laughs) Uh, Because you actually interact with people and talk to them. Um, Well, there's somebody that I've been interacting and talking with, and that is uh, our buddy Mark Church. Mm. And uh, he and his wife Heidi gave me a couple beers, one of which was uh, D.A.B. Radler. After uh, the last uh, show, we inspired him to get a Rather, and then he uh, he shared with All me. All right. So um, I'm doing this Rather. It's really nice and refreshing, you know, for the long end of the day and only 3%. So <laughs> yeah. it's kind of perfect. It's a nice nightcap so. that's not going to, you know, get you wasted so late at night. Yeah. yeah. Is, the weather, is the weather warm in Ohio right now, or is it cooled off? Uh, it had cooled off for a couple of days, and today it's picking back up, both in temperature and humidity. But the last ah. like three days were super nice. Oh, it was a nice break, but good. good. No longer. All right, so so the, so the rattler feels good right now. You got nice, refreshing yeah. drink on it. A- the humidity picked up, and now I'm got something <laughs> to fight back. So. Yeah, fight back. Yeah, that's <laughs> good. Yeah. So, how about you? What are you drinking? All right, I am drinking something that uh, came in the mail from my third shipment from Tover or whatever, Taver, whatever you want to say. Um, and again, I, I just have to mention that this is my third shipment. Only one of my deliveries has gone without issue, and that was the first one. So they started off strong with, like, you know, delivering, no issues. I got it. Nope, it was great. And the last two have been anything but strong. In fact, I I had to get in contact with uh, with them to, to figure out what the hell is going on. I have it coming to a commercial business. You would think that if it's a business, they wouldn't try to deliver your package at 7 o'clock at night. I, I don't know. I, 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 if I was a brewery, it'd be okay because that's when all the action's going on. But normal 8-to-5 type businesses... They, there's no one there at seven o'clock at night to receive a package. Um, so yeah, and so then the next day they try to deliver again, supposedly, at two fifteen in the afternoon, and I think they went to the wrong building because uh, there was plenty of people at the building to uh, to get the package. So the next day I had to spell it out like, here's my building, here's what it looks like. Go around to the back. There's a shipping and receiving door. Knock on it. And someone will open a door and sign you. You can deliver it, and it worked fine. So I got it on Friday. Now that's a long-winded story for what I'm drinking, but it was 
was a it was a good delivery. I had twenty seven beers in this package, and uh, yeah, I, mm-hmm. I I went a little crazy. Little You're going crazy. for it now. I'm going for it. I'm going for it, and I had a variety too. I've got a couple. I've got a few Gozas. I've got a lot of New England IPAs, and a couple. I got a. I had a. a I think I have a couple of porters in there, a couple of stouts. So it's a good mixture of beer. But tonight, I am drinking a beer from a brewery that I've. This is a, the first beer I've had from them. It's the Connecticut Valley Brewing. It's the Cetus New England IPA. And I'll tell you what, I think these guys in that uh, New England area know how to make some damn good New England IPAs because this one. Uh, is really really tasty. It's got a big juicy citrus hop character to it, right up up front, uh, and it has a very nice mango finish that doesn't end too sweet. But you just taste that little mango that in the, in the back of your throat at the end of the the drink. It's really really tasty. So it comes in a nice sixteen ounce can, and I think it's. Uh, you know what? I don't remember what the alcohol. I think it's like six point two. It's not too heavy, I don't think. But have you had any Connecticut Valley Brewing before, John? I have not. Have you ever heard of them before? Uh, I have not. Yeah, me neither. So yeah, <laughs> this is going to be a very uninteresting line of questioning. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> but hey, I I want to know if any of our listeners have experienced Connecticut Valley and what they think. I I think uh, my first beer from them is very positive. So I'm pretty excited. I have another one that I got, you know, I wanted to try. So I'll I'll mention that one in the next episode because I'll drink it maybe this week. And uh, it might be noteworthy also. This is a noteworthy beer for sure. I think I gave it like a four and a half rating. So it's pretty, pretty solid. So yeah, that's what I'm drinking. But hey, let's get this show rolling because it is a little late. You know, John is a working man, and he's putting in the hours, and we're recording a little bit later than normal, so I want to make sure I don't drag on forever and keep him up, so let's just move on with the show. But uh, for any new listeners out there that this might be your first time listening to Tap the Craft, let me tell you what we're about. We are an educational podcast, and we focus around celebrating everything craft beer. We want to help all of our great listeners along in their craft beer journey. And uh, that's what we're about, just helping you guys find out about craft beer and enjoying craft beer. And you're listening to episode 107. We are recording on Sunday, August 26, 2018. And in this episode, we will be discussing my latest adventures in Israel, my beer adventures. And I have a lot of them, but I'll try to make it fast. I won't talk. I won't drag on like I normally do. I'll, I'll make it quick, short, and sweet. We're also going to do our tasting notes with the Arcadia Ales Motorhead Road Crew IPA. Yes, we finally received our samples of the Road Crew. So John and I are going to do a tasting note segment on that at the uh, towards the end of the show. And, of course, we've got some listener feedback. We have a voicemail, some questions, and some feedback. So we'll go over that, too. So let's get right into the show, John. And you're up. We want to know what is new with Trek Brewing because, as everyone knows, we recorded two shows back-to-back, and you had some predictions on what was going to happen that week that we, you know, we, we had to make up. So how close were you to your prediction? Yeah, so I had three different predictions, right? Yeah. yeah. And uh, I was wrong on all accounts. <laughs> I mean, 
what ended up happening was just a slow, painful death. <laughs> um, but uh, <clears throat> no, so we got the boiler fired up and everything went great. And so that part, you know, was true. So the boiler's running, running fantastic, uh, it's running fantastic, running fantastically. Okay. Is what I should be saying, I guess. But uh, it's running really well. Everything's going good. Um, so I was moving forward with some testing and uh, the grant box that regulates the flow out of the mash tun just so it doesn't like drain itself dry or anything while you're sparging um, was not turning the pump on correctly. And uh, I was like, well, that's, that's not good. So I'm fussing around with it and trying to get it to work. And I check the, the enclosure for the uh, float switch on the top of it that would turn the pump on and the wiring's all messed up and it's not working. So I get the electrician back out there and while he's working on it, he snaps the switch in half. Oh um, no. And so I have to order a new switch and of course it's Friday afternoon. So like, well, great. Like nothing's even even happen now until Monday on this. Um, but, uh, thankfully the switch arrived, uh, pretty quickly and we got it in tested it out it's working and i looked down and the pump that it's controlling is now just leaking oh no out the back <laughs> so uh, i've got a new seal kit slated to arrive tomorrow as we're recording this and i'll put the pump back together and then maybe we'll actually be doing something on it but like everything was just so dragged out. Like I couldn't, didn't know the next piece until I waited, you know, a week for the part and to get it all back in. So yeah. Um, so here we are just waiting. Um, but while we're waiting, we, uh, expanded our schedule. So this week we just went to our full six day week schedule so we could get our fall hours set for football and everything. And we're just going to be clinging on holding tight, trying not to run out of beer for too long because it's going to happen. I know it is, but we'll just deal with it as best we can until we've got the beer coming off the big system. So, Okay. So so you're, uh, you're open six days a week now. Is that correct? That's right. And so just closed on Tuesdays. Tuesdays, the one day. So you're expecting, I mean, what, what do you think? So Sunday, Saturday, and Sunday for sure will be your two big big days, but you're already open those days. But you're also no, we're we're open Friday Saturday. Oh, Friday before. Saturday. Okay. So what? What? So uh, I mean, you could have just gone with the Friday Saturday Sunday, and maybe Monday, and you could have left your Tuesday and Wednesday open, but and Thursday, but you decided to go full bore. Yeah, we decided just to set it and be done. Um, okay. and not just continue the, the creep that we've kind of done over time. Um, we're still not like officially grand open. You know, we're still waiting for beer off the big system because once we announce grand opening, we don't want to run out of beer again. So, <laughs> um, we're still in our soft open mode. We're just okay. soft opening a, a large schedule to see, you know, what, what we might need to adjust. So. Okay. Okay. Well, I, I, I'm saying it's pretty ballsy. You guys are right. You're laying them right out there on the table. So I hope it works out well. I, I think I might have gone with the Friday, Saturday, Sunday 
Monday night thing just to start with. But hey, you know what? If you guys can pull off the six day six day uh, schedule right now, then hey, more more power to you. You might just need to get a couple hey. more guest taps in there if you if you run out. We're ready with beer <laughs> in the cooler. So All right. All right. Well good. So all we're waiting for now is a seal kit for the pump. And then And then for nothing else to go wrong. Nothing else to go wrong. <laughs> You'll be able to, because I, I thought at one point when I was over in Israel, you were saying you were going to be, you were boiling some water. Is that when you found out the pump was leaking, was when you were doing your water? Uh, I wasn't boiling. Yeah, I was just testing all the functionality, moving okay. stuff around now that I, all my piping was good to go. Okay. So. And that's when you found the problem. Yep. Okay. Well, hey, you know what? It's better to find it with a little bit of water than than when you're trying to cook some beer, so... This yep. Kid. All right. So you're predicting seal kit comes in tomorrow, and then... that's what I was told. But I don't have any tracking for it, so I'm okay. just kind of tumbling in a prayer. Okay. But then I'm I'm done. I'm done making schedule because I had scheduled my brew day, <laughs> and then the switch thing happened. So I'm not. I'm I'm done doing okay. that. Okay. Okay. All right. So hey, we're, we're winging it. Stay tuned <laughs> for our next episode when we find out what happens to John's brew day. Yeah, this epic cliffhanger. Yeah, no, no, it's coming. It's coming, little bits at a time. Just wait until you announce that you're actually brewing real beer on that big system, then it'll go crazy. All right, well, hey, did you have any fun activities that you did uh, besides just fixing or, you know, trying to fix your brew system? Did you do anything fun? Beer festivals or anything? I did do something fun. Oh, cool. But I'm not going to talk about it okay. until our new and noteworthy. I'm going to wrap it all up because it pretty much contains all my noteworthy beers. So okay, well, you know what? Then I'm we'll, gonna we'll tease it for another little bit. Yeah, let's just <laughs> let's just drag it out a little bit more. But that's okay because I've got some stuff to talk about, and this will take at least ten minutes, maybe a little, maybe fifteen. So you can time me, John. Let's see how long right. it takes me. So you're on the clock. So as we all know. In the last episode, we you know we announced that we were recording two shows in a row because I was going to be out of the country for two weeks. I was in Israel on business, but you know what? Just because it's business doesn't mean we can't have fun because I was there over a weekend. But who needs a weekend to have fun? In fact, I started off in the middle of the first week after work, taking the train all the way up north to Haifa, the very northern peak of uh, of the Mediterranean Peninsula there uh, of Israel, and I, I visited my friend Ziv, and we went up there to. Well, I went up there to see him. That was the main reason. But he said, "Hey, Denny, there's a beer festival going on. Do you want to come to the beer festival?" I'm like, I'm thinking to myself during the week, on a on a work night. Hell yeah! Who doesn't want to go to a beer festival on a work night? So we, I took a train up there. Uh, we met up. We went to the bar where it was being held, and guess what? I used the word. Uh, beer festival in quotes because it really wasn't a beer festival. It was, quote, a bar festival. But you know what? It doesn't matter. I still had a great time. I got to spend time with my buddy Ziv. And this uh, festival was a kind of a celebration or kind of a, I guess it was a celebration of one of the Israeli breweries, Alexander. They were doing, uh, releasing a beer, a collaboration between them and McKellar. The uh, the Danish brewery out of Denmark, 
And this was uh, a collaboration of the first New England IPA to be brewed in, uh, yeah, officially brewed in Israel. And it's, it was called the Holy Fruit. And it was actually a double IPA, a New England double IPA. And I'll tell you what, this was a very, very good beer. I really enjoyed this beer. And I think everyone that I know that has tried it in Israel has also really been fond of it and enjoyed it and, and thought that, that, hey, this is pretty fantastic that Israel is actually producing some, uh, you know, some great New England IPAs. So that was the noteworthy beer in Haifa on a work night. Uh, and Haifa is not a very uh, nightlife type of a town. It's, you know, it's, it's kind of a, sleep, a sleepy town, not, not a party town. But, hey, we had a good time. But don't worry, the weekend comes and my buddy Alex said, hey, we're going to go party it up the whole weekend, starting on Thursday night. So anyone doesn't know, Thursday, basically in Israel, you work Sunday through Thursday. So Thursday night is the equivalent of a Friday night. So Thursday night comes, Alex picks me up, and we head out. And the first stop that we go to is one of his favorite little hangout spots called Benny's Cascale Pub. It's in uh, Kafar Saba, and I've been, I've heard about this place, and I've wanted to visit it, but it's not right in my general area in Tel Aviv. It's a little bit north, and I just don't have a way of getting there, so I just haven't visited. So Alex took me there, and I got to drink three beers that they have on cask. Now, this is an all-cask ale pub, and Benny is actually an Israeli-Irish guy. Don't ask me how, but he is a, a a Jewish Irish guy, I guess. I don't know. It's it's very interesting. But he decided to go ahead and and have a Caskill pub where he has three beers on cask down in the cellar. He pumps it with his beer engine. Um, these beers uh, go very quickly. The freshness of them are is like top notch. Like literally, they're only on the cask for a few hours. I swear, maybe a day before they're gone and he swaps out another cask. And I think that freshness character is the, is what really made me appreciate cask ale because here in the States, all the cask ale that I've had, it hasn't really wowed me. And I think it's because I haven't had it really fresh. I think pubs here, they, they'll put something on cask and instead of having it rotate through in a day, maybe two at the most, it'll stay on there for a week maybe two weeks. And I think that's just too long for a beer to be in a cask without that carbonation and, you know, stuff going on. And I think it changes the taste and it changes the mouthfeel for me to where it makes me almost, you know, kind of gaggy when I try to drink too much of a cask ale here in the States. But I didn't have that problem with his cask ale. All three beers that I've had previously, they're all Israeli beers that he put on. Um, they all tasted fantastic. I really, really enjoyed it. So a uh, big shout-out to Benny's Cascale Pub. Then the next day we we headed off. Um, I was staying in Beersheba with him, which is in a desert, and we went up towards Jerusalem uh, to a small town called uh, Bet Shemesh, and we went to, he said, hey, I'm going to take you to this, this guy who makes craft beer and cider. I'm like, okay, that, that sounds fun. And I wasn't thinking anything of it. I thought, okay, it's you know, it's a cider place. Yeah, yeah, Israeli cider. I've had cider before, no big deal. I was I'll tell you what, I was totally caught off guard by what this place really was. 
So the place is called Buster's, Buster's Beverage Company. And the key is beverage company because this guy doesn't just do craft beer. No, no. He also does craft hard cider. But not only craft hard cider, he does craft hard lemonade. And when I say hard lemonade, I'm not talking Mike's hard lemonade. I'm talking real fresh squeezed lemons that is turned in to an alcoholic beverage that tastes just like fresh squeezed lemonade, but is five to six percent alcohol. Incredible lemonade. Incredible. But that's not all. He also distills his own premium cut distilled spirits. Spiced rum, vodka, moonshine, and arak, which is a, 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 a an anise-flavored uh, alcohol. And I'll tell you what, when he says premium cut, it's premium cut. The, he, he only takes the top 30% of the beer, the best flavored, not the beer, of the, the spirits, the best flavored portion of the spirit. I'll tell you what, too. Right off the bat, I walk in. He's, uh, he's right at the bar. Um, he says, hey, how you guys doing? We're talking. He says, hey, my name is Denny. I said, oh, hi, I'm Denny. My name's Denny. And he's like, what's your name? I said, Denny. It's like, oh, we're both named Denny. So right off the bat, we had a connection because we both have the same name. You know, how'd that work out? But the other thing is he is really passionate about being an artisan, you know, making, you know, making the best product he can and not trying to go out there and make profit. Now, now, of course, you want to make some profit, but he's not, his whole business plan is not to go and make money because he already has money. I, you know, he, he retired from the States. Uh, you know, I've, I'm guessing he sold, uh, he, he went through, he was a farmer. He, he moved up and sold different farms. At the end, I think he sold his last farm for a lot of money. And he moved to Israel with his wife and his, and his uh, son to, uh, to start this, this business with his son. He wanted to create this business from scratch, hand build it. And that's what they did. They built this thing from scratch and everything they do is top notch. And to hear him, we went on the, the tour and I'll tell you what, I've been on, I don't know, 50 or more brewery tours. And by far, this one had the most impact on me that I appreciate the most. And the reason it had the most impact is to see his passion for what he does and what he wants to try to accomplish. And to, to hear him talk about it is just amazing. And so anyone that goes to Israel, if you want to visit a really, really nice uh, brewery establishment, you got to go to Buster's. And his moonshine is incredible. In fact, I brought back, I, I didn't bring any moonshine back with me, but I did bring back a bottle of uh, vodka, spice rum, and arak. Um, the moonshine only came in a big fifth jug, and I just didn't want to bring a fifth of moonshine back with me on the plane. I thought that might be a, a little bit too much. After Buster's, we went to uh, Sargim Brewery, and this is where my buddy Alex worked when he was in, in uh, university. He worked at the brewery, and he really has a you know connection there. But I won't say that. I mean, at one point they were probably like one of the best craft breweries in Israel because they're one of the first ones that were really producing beer. But I think over time, there's a lot of other smaller breweries that have come up that I think have kind of got you know kind of overtaken this brewery as far as in the, in the quality. But we did have a good time. The 
brewery was nice to visit. I will mention one beer that really uh, stood out uh, above the rest for me, and that was their Belgian triple. Um, really, really good Belgian ale. I mean, really well done. I really enjoyed it. Let me go back to Buster's real quick. I, I didn't mention any of their, their drinks besides the, the spirits, but they are, their lemonade, they have a the regular lemonade and they have a cranberry lemonade. Both of them are, are really well done. And he says that they don't make any money off of those those drinks because to go ahead and get fresh squeezed lemons to make this lemonade, um, it costs a lot of money. And you just cannot get that money back in in what you have to charge for it because if you had to charge what you, what the ingredients cost, no one would buy it because it'd be too expensive. So um, it's just a little bit of side note there. All right, so we went to Sagreem. Uh, it, it was it was fun. Then um, later that night we went to Alex's brother's house for a barbecue, and he invited a bunch of his his uh, Russian buddies to come over and, and, and have fun with us. And I'll tell you what, had a great time. I drank some some super cheap Israeli beer. I mean, it was beer that you can buy in Israel, but it wasn't actually made in Israel. They were like cheap uh, German beers and, and Czech, Czech beers and such. But you know what? Hey, sometimes it's nice to drink that, that cheap beer that actually, you know, has decent flavor too. But it doesn't matter. The food was fantastic. The company was fantastic. And... Of course, they did break out some some nice beers too. But I just had a great time just visiting, uh, you know, with Alex, his brother, and all of his Russian friends, which was great. I felt like, and because I look like I'm a Russian, I kind of fit in pretty good. And then the next day, we went over to um, my buddy Alex's uh, friend Gary's house, and Gary, uh, you know, he's a home brewer, just like my buddy Alex is, and he home brewed some beer. And uh, we wanted to go try it. And I'll tell you what, you know, I went there for having, you know, maybe a glass of his homebrew. I ended up drinking like three or four glasses of his uh, his session IPA. It was called A Day Off. And I'll tell you what, this was a fantastic homebrew of a session IPA with a citrus character to it um, that had a nice, nice uh, uh, hop character, but not, it was really uh, light and easy to drink. A nice sessionable IPA, and like I said, I kind of, you know, I went there for a glass of it, and actually, I think we 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 finished off uh, a good portion of his keg. Uh, good stuff, good stuff. And then we also went to um, another brewery. This brewery was uh, towards the uh, Dead Sea, down at the the southern entrance to the Dead Sea, in a in a rod. And this is another uh, friend of of my buddy Alex's who started up his own brewery there, and it's called Sheeta Brewing. And I'll tell you what, uh, this guy makes some really, really good beer. Um, I mean, perfect to style, or really well to style, uh, clean beer that is, uh, I mean, really, really good. I enjoyed everything that he had. The one that I really enjoyed, I'll just mention one beer, was his Smash Pilsner. It's a single malt, single hop uh, Pilsner that had a light, fruity, citrus hop character, but also had that solid Pilsner malt base that really made it really enjoyable. So I think uh, I'm hoping that, that he can uh, continue on and, and do well because he, he definitely has a knack for making good beer. And then that night, we went to a tasting session with, uh, with the Besheva uh, Homebrew Club. And I brought some beers from the States, from actually the, the Boise area, 
uh, and also from outside. I just brought some good beers from uh, from uh, you know from around uh, around the area, and I got to taste some beers from around the country and and around the world. But uh, the one beer that I got to taste that I never thought that I would ever have a chance of tasting was the Samuel Adams Utopius. Yes, I got to taste some Utopius. This is the vintage of 2009. And I'll tell you what, man, that is a good beer. It is strong, but it is very, very smooth. And it, uh, you know, to me, it's like a, it was, it was really close to a barley wine is what, uh, is what I, uh, uh, you know, thought of it, but, um, it was great. And how did, how did, uh, I come across this there? Well, in Israel, you know, Samuel Adams, they have this contest where homebrewers can enter their beers in to a contest to see if they win. Then in the States, then they pick people that they will brew their beer on the big system and then, you know, sell it to, you know, around the nation. But in other countries, they can't do that. So what they do, if you win the homebrew competition, in Israel, they give you a bottle of Utopias. And, and Gilad, the guy that's house we were at, he actually won it twice. So he has two bottles, and I got to try some of the 2009 bottle. So that was pretty special that night. And, uh, yeah, that pretty much sums up my, my Israeli trip um, beer fun. I had a great time. I really want to thank uh, Alex and his brother uh, and uh, the Homebrew Club. And, uh, you know, all the, the guys at the breweries that really made it a fantastic visit. All right, John. So there you go. I, I think I made it within the 15 minutes I said I was going to try to talk. No, 16. 16? Okay, good. So, uh, hey, I'm okay if I'm a minute off. But, hey, let's get into your, your events because we're in the new and noteworthy section. So what new and noteworthy beers do you want to talk about? All right. So uh, my event is more like, a meetup. Um, so, uh, Kristen and I took the boys down to a Reds game, um, last Sunday and we met up with our buddy, Rob, who provided some awesome beer, uh, before the game. Uh, we met up and had some pizza and beer and then we all went into the game. Wow. So first up we did a, uh, tasting of three different beers from urban artifact, um, which is an all sour brewery in Cincinnati at I think I've mentioned a couple things in the past yeah. um, from there. Um, but uh, basically we're tasting through some of their fruited sour series. Um, and I can't remember the name of the series right now. Mm. Uh, but the beers we had were uh, Love Letter, uh, which was done with peaches, uh, Fire Iron, which was passion fruit, guava, and banana. Oh, wow. And then the Gadget, which was raspberry and blackberry. Oh, Chris and Rob really their their order was the gadget number one, the fire iron with the passion fruit guava banana number two, <laughs> and the peach as number three. Okay, I agreed with them on the gadget. It was fantastic. Okay. The the berry character was great, um, and it just had a nice uh, like tartness to it. Uh, but I actually favored the peach over the passion fruit guava banana. Oh. Um, the, for me, there was just something that wasn't quite gelling right um, in that one. But I mean, it was still very good, but it just it was just missing something that I guess the others must have had for me. I, I was having a really hard time placing what it was that just didn't 
quite take it to that next level, but it was still very nice mm. and I enjoyed all three of them. But, uh, yeah, the gadget was, uh, was a ru- kind of a runaway winner for everybody. Nice. Um, so that was really, that was really good. Uh, so then we're like, all right, well, that was good. Some nice fruit is sour. So why don't we just uh, pop a Black Butte uh, 30? Mm. Like, okay. Yeah, no big deal. We're just uh, in a parking lot under an overpass. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. Like, it's exactly where you want to do this. Um, did you drink out of the bottle or did you have glasses for it? We had glasses. Okay. And we had uh, red solo cups that we set aside because Rob brought some real glasses. Oh. So we were flaunting uh, <laughs> our beer beer drinking in the parking lot. Nice. But uh, thankfully no one no one hassled us about it. So um, but we've got uh, got to try the the Black Butte 30 which was uh, really nice. Um, it's nice chocolate character to it. Um, pretty heavy whiskey note. Oh. Um, so I'm sure that'll age out a little bit but uh, it wasn't it wasn't overbearing. It was just more than I was expecting, Expecting, I guess. Um, but yeah, it was really nice. And uh, that one, I wish we had a little bit more time to just sit and enjoy, but we were already like late to get into the game. So um, we uh, didn't get to just kind of sit and let it, let it breathe and open up and just hang out with it for a you, while. You guzzled it. You just like opened up uh, and... I wouldn't say I wouldn't say that we guzzled it. It was just wasn't uh, a leisurely tasting. How about that? Okay. Okay. Yeah. I, I've I've got I, I've got a bottle of that right now that I'm going to be drinking. I'm I'm waiting a little bit till we get a little bit colder weather, and then I'm going to open up mine. I don't have I only have one bottle, not two. I mm. I decide I'm not going to age. I'm not selling any more beers because it's. I don't know. I'm just going to drink them fresh for now on, but I will wait until a little bit colder weather to enjoy it so I can really enjoy that heat. But maybe by then that whiskey will tone down just a, a hair if it is a little bit strong. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. It's okay. I'll like it in regardless. I love, that's my favorite beer is this uh, anniversary beer. So. So how about you? What, uh, what beers do you want to talk about? All right. Well, I did have a, a few beers that I drank, uh, some of them in Israel, and then one before I went to Israel. So on the day that I, I flew out, it just happened to be IPA Day 2018. And my flight wasn't until later in the evening. So guess what? I decided to have an IPA, a double IPA at that. Uh, on the day, you know, before I, I got on that flight. So I popped open a Firestone Walker Leo versus Ursus, doubleless, double IPA. And uh, I'll tell you what, the, you've had these before, not this one probably, but you've had other mm-hmm. these Leo versus Ursus, and you know yeah. they are they are high-quality IPAs, and this one is no no different. It's a great double IPA, big, piney Hop notes with some like grapefruit peel uh, character in there too. The nice bitterness at the end, um, really, really good. Really enjoyed it. It's a great way to celebrate IPA Day, two thousand eighteen. Did you happen to have an IPA on uh, IPA Day? It was August second. Uh, if you don't, if you remember back then, yeah, maybe. <laughs> I don't recall. You didn't, at you all. didn't record it. Though, I, did I you? Don't. <laughs> 
Uh, no, but I, I do recall being like, oh, it's too bad we're not open. Mm. You know, but we also didn't have our IPA ready at that point. So that's true. Yeah. It wouldn't have mattered. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So I celebrate IPA day that way. So now fast forward into Israel. I have a few beers that I want to talk about that I didn't talk about earlier because I kind of kept the beers to a minimum in that discussion. But uh, I went, you know, I visited my uh, favorite beer pub that I go to every time I'm there, Porter and Sons. Love that place. A lot of different variety of stuff on tap. And as far as I can tell, you would think that they these guys have like, I don't know, 30, 35 different taps. You'd think that they wouldn't rotate rotate through things very quickly, but they do. And I haven't had any negative old, you know, type beers. Everything has been really fresh and really good. So while I was there, we had just talked about Fuller's from, uh, you know, we, we were talking about our English bitter uh, and IPA. But what's the difference between an English bitter and English IPA uh, discussion on the show before the last show? But we recorded it all at the same time, so it kind of was relevant. And they had two beers on draft from Fuller's. And I thought this is a perfect opportunity for me to try Fuller's, probably the freshest I'm going to get it unless I'm in london or in england myself so i had their ipa their fuller's ipa um and i'll tell you what that is a solid ipa i had had it in bottle before and i wasn't that impressed because i think you know it it was a little bit old and a little bit you know took some time getting here and then i don't think they go you know flying off the shelf as as fast as other ipas but I had it on draft, and I'll tell you what, it did taste really fresh and really good. The, the hops were popping out of this thing. I, I'm i not used to tasting hop character out of, you know, an English-type IPA. And this is really, it was really good. I really enjoyed it. I also had their Fuller's Wild River Pale Ale, and the same thing. This was a little bit more subdued on the bitterness. But it also had a, a nice hop character to it that was easy drinking and really refreshing. And I'll tell you what, that would be a like a perfect session ale that you could just drink all summer long, just to you know, just to, just to, to relax and have a good time. So two Fuller's beers, fresh on tap, that were really really well done. I gave them both a four cap rating which is pretty decent rating. Uh, I really enjoyed those. So another beer I had on tap there was the BrewDog Pony Club Pale Ale. And, uh, you know, BrewDog being in Scotland, they have a lot of BrewDog in Israel. Uh, I know that you guys get them now, a lot of stuff there in Columbus because they have the brewery in Columbus. But well, it was a big weekend for BrewDog here because they just opened up the hotel too. Oh, did they? Yeah. Oh, it wasn't open before? Mm-mm. Oh, okay. So I think on our next trip, uh, my buddy Alex and I are going to try to plan a trip, and we're going to try to stay at that hotel while we're there so we can then report back on how wonderful it is or just how expensive it is, either one. Yeah. So, But, yeah, this uh, Pony Club Pale Ale, man, I'll tell you what, it's solid, solid Pale Ale. I really enjoyed it. Good flavor. Yeah, I gave it four caps also. So pretty much everything I got, at Porter and Sons was a four cap rating, a minimum. 
So yeah, those are my new and noteworthy beers. Yeah, let's move on to some uh, listener feedback. So starting off with our voicemail line, we had a voicemail. And I love it when we get voicemails. This voicemail was from our buddy Mike Allen out of Reno, Nevada. And let's hear what he has to say. Hey, guys. Mike Allen here in Reno. Hey, just got back from a big weekend with some friends over in the Bay Area. Did a bunch of breweries there, Humble Sea, Sante Adarius, Rear Barrel, Fieldwork, Drake's, and a whole bunch more. Hey, uh, I had a question for you. So uh, me and the wife are planning on going to GABF this year. We've got a hotel reservation. We've got tickets and everything. I'm just curious to get your guys' thoughts on any spectacular things that we need to taste while we're there. I know it's the pretty much the biggest beer show in the world. And I uh, would love to hear your thoughts and suggestions. Hey, keep up the great show. Keep up the good work. And uh, hope to hear from you soon. Thanks. All right, Mike. Hey, congratulations that you are going to do something that I haven't done. But luckily, John has gone to the Great American Beer Festival. And I don't know if John can really recommend specific beers to try. Maybe he can. I'm not going to put words in his mouth. But I know that John has experiences of Great American Beer Fest that he might be able to share with you. So, John, what do you say? What should Mike and his wife do or and drink while they're at the festival? All right. So, drink, I'm not going to really give any particulars because I'm not going to know what's exactly there and, and whatnot. But I will say don't shy away from the places that don't have lines. Just <laughs> yeah. because they're on the line doesn't mean they don't have great beer. True. It could just mean that nobody's aware of it yet. Um so that's that's one thing. Uh, and then uh, head on a swivel. Don't step in vomit like I did. Mm. So um, make sure you keep an eye on the ground as well as you're walking around. I got separated <laughs> from my group. I was looking all over, like scanning above the, the heads. And a bunch of people just were watching, waiting for me to step in the vomit that was right in front of me. <laughs> and I uh, didn't say anything. Just waited for me to step in so they could all yell and go, oh, no. So, <laughs> so you didn't notice that everyone cleared out like in a big giant uh, opening and you thought, wow, this is great. I can just walk right through? No, it was like near near a water station, like by a big pillar. So it wasn't really a place to hang out anyway because oh, okay. I was like away from the lines and whatnot. But no. Yeah. So anyway, don't be those people. and. Just keep an eye out for yourself. But uh, definitely take a look around at places around uh, Denver because they'll be doing a ton of events like all week featuring special things. Uh, we went to uh, Falling Rock, um, which is an awesome spot. And, you know, it was it was packed, um, but uh, we still got our hands on some great beers while we were there. Um, and then we just hit a couple other random things. Uh, also we we were out in like Fort Collins and stuff that weekend as well. So, um, yeah, I would say do a little research on some of the breweries and the like big craft beer bars around there to see what they have going on. Cause it might be a good spot to check out. Yeah. Yeah. Is there, so you mentioned falling rock is one of the uh, breweries that you enjoyed uh, visiting. Are there any, other breweries that you would think that are must, if he, if he's going to be in the area, that he must try to go and visit uh, around there. Um, well, just to clarify, Falling Rock was a is a bar. Oh, it's a, a bar. Okay, um, not a brewery, but it, in Denver itself, I didn't actually go to any breweries when I was there. We were like it was a quick in and out, um, and we had spent 
uh, we had, uh, we're staying with family also in town, like, but out of Denver. So we were like driving in and out of Denver to do it. We weren't staying like in Denver to do all that stuff. So, um, that's why we like hit places in Fort Collins. Um, like we went to Odell's and checked out New Belgium again and stuff like that. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I won't speak to anything in Denver cause I haven't actually been anywhere there. Okay. So. Okay. Well, Mike, I hope that helps. Um, and let us know what you end up doing. I, I mean, make sure you send another voicemail after the great American beer festival and let us know what you found that, uh, that was fun and the beers that you enjoyed so that we can share it with the rest of our listeners so that they can be informed when, when they go. And when I go, one day I'll go, but uh, it, won't, it won't be this year. All right. Well, we also we did a Twitter poll, and the Twitter poll's been uh, closed for a week or two weeks, maybe. I don't know, for a while. But uh, just a reminder of what that poll was. It was, you are out of town, and a local gas station convenience store only has the following. What do you choose? And guess what? This is the biggest poll we've had 42 people voted that's pretty good 42 that's our largest uh participant right there and it was a close race well pretty much close close for everything but but one item the item that didn't come close was the hard lemonade tea looks like nobody will go and pick up mike's hard lemonade or some uh twisted tea or whatever that stuff is uh three votes three out of those 42 chose that uh next second to last hard cider but you know what we had 11 votes for hard cider so it's not that far you know the people were voting for hard cider but not quite at the top of the list because we had a tie for number one the tie for 14 votes apiece was with uh, bud coors miller products and water so it's a tie between water and bud, Coors or Miller, 14 a, po- a piece. So, John, how would you answer that question? What would you go for if you had to choose one of those four? Uh, I think I actually did answer this one. Oh. Um, if I remember right, I actually happened to see it in like the once a month that I'm on Twitter. <laughs> um, but uh, I, would, I would go for the beer. Yeah, yeah. Oh. I also voted for the beer. Um, which is probably surprising to a lot of people because I'm not a huge, the beer I would choose though. And again, I left it up to all, and people asked, I said, no, it's all the products that Bud Miller, you know, that, or Coors does. And I would go for the Coors banquet beer. Um, if they had it, that's, that's a beer that I actually enjoy drinking. I know it's hard to admit that I like, uh, actually enjoy beer. That's not necessarily independent or craft, but, uh, if I'm left, with a choice that, uh, yeah, I would go for the Coors Banquet. Do you have an actual selection you would have chosen? Mm, I don't really have a go-to like go-to. that. It's okay. more it's more like Pats because that's what your dad has in the fridge. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't put Pats on there because I ran out of space. I can only have so many letters, characters in each entry. So, uh, Yeah, well, I, I don't know. It's an import now, right, because it's Russian? <laughs> Is it Russian? Did Russian I, buy it? I think a Russian firm like 
bought the branding to it or something. And I, I don't know. Oh, wow. I'm probably now messing up the story in a terrible way, but well, it's Russian. Yeah. It's Russian. So uh, now, I, now I believe it. It's going to be Paps, Papsky, Paps. No, that's <laughs> 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 never mind. Ignore that. Ignore that. All right. Well, I, I, I failed because I could not think of another poll that would be pertinent. I was trying to think of something to go with football because football season is right here. It's happening. And I had a couple things I was putting together and then it just didn't work out. So I decided just to not do a poll. Sorry guys. So stay tuned for next episode. Hopefully I'll have a poll ready for that one. All right. So we had some other listener feedback, John, what does Jason Lacey have to comment on? All right, and our buddy Jason Lacey at J.W. Lacey of Flux Deposed Fame, Battle of the Beer, uh, mentioned on Twitter, I had a sample of the Hemper a few weeks uh, weeks back. Definitely a smell and taste I won't forget. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Have you had that one yet, John? No, uh, I, I haven't got my hands on okay. it. So. Okay, well, don't worry, because Kyle in Ohio, he also chimes in on Twitter about the Hemper. And he says he had a bottle a couple of weeks ago, smelled like skunkweed from the crack of the cap and tasted awful. He loves super dank IPAs, but this wasn't even close to good for him. The smell couldn't mask a mediocre beer, in my opinion. He, he thinks he gave it a 2.25 cap rating. And if he, he gives a suggestion, if you want a real dank beer, the way dank is meant to be, Go with the Odd Side Ales Dirty Dank Juice. It's excellent. Have you had the Dirty Dank Juice? I have not. And not that not wasn't not. one of the ones from Odd Side that was there when I went to the grocery store right before we recorded <laughs> last time. So. <laughs> I'll keep my eye out for it. Yeah. Yeah. So, hey, Kyle gave, hey, you know what, Kyle? I'm right there with you because uh, that was not for me. I drank the whole beer, but I'm so grateful i didn't get a six pack of it because i there's no way i could have drank six of them it was just too too weedy for me too skunk weedy exactly all right john we got an email and i know i don't i i think i forwarded it to you we got it from uh from a guy in cincinnati you want to go ahead and read what he has to say yeah we got an email from the the gnarly gnome uh he said i want to introduce myself I'm a beer blogger slash podcaster in Cincinnati, Ohio. I know the time and dedication that goes into putting out content. So it seems that the only thing that I can do to, ex to express the gratitude for some of the people that I appreciate is just to send you a heartfelt thank you. I know that there are a lot of people out here who are grateful. I have often felt when writing or recording shows that although you see the numbers telling you that there are people listening or reading, it's sometimes hard to remember that they are real, actual people says i can never do anything to help don't hesitate to reach out yeah yeah i've actually i've read a few pieces on his blog before um for different uh brewery news opinion stuff mm -hmm. uh here and there as things have have occurred so yeah definitely out there no so that's great i hey we love getting feedback and uh, I, I mean, I just appreciate that you took the time to let us know that you would appreciate what we do. And that, that means the world to us. And you're right. You see the numbers that people are actually downloading, but uh, it's literally a fraction of a percent of people actually 
you know, interact with us. And so when we get that fraction percent, it really makes you feel good. So thank you for making us feel good. Okay, we had a listener question, and uh, this is for you, John. Sorry, I hope you, I, I hope you're prepared because I don't think I prepared you for it. But this is from our buddy uh, Jason Ali from uh, the UK. He wrote into us a couple shows ago. Uh, he wrote an email with the following question: I want to do an extract oatmeal stout from a tin. So, been doing research into preparing the oats and can only find the mini mash option. Is that really my only option? I'm an extract brewer. I found some info about using amylase enzymes, but can only find amylase over here in the UK. Are they the same? So, John, do you have any idea what Jason's talking about? Yes. Okay, good. Um, <laughs> and I, I, would, <laughs> I would go mini mash. Um, I've... I have no personal experience using the enzymes. Um, I've seen a lot of mixed results using it, using the enzymes. And basically what he's looking to do is break down the starches that are there in the oats to sugars so that they can actually be extracted. Um, so oats can't do that themselves. So like if you steep them in your extract, um, like you would a, a caramel malt or something like that, all you're going to do is put starch in your beer um, oh, okay. and it's not going to actually do anything for you. It might actually have a reverse you know, impact. It might give you some astringency and other things that you don't really want in there. Um, but I would just do the mini mash and it's really not that difficult. Um, you can uh, get, get some flaked oats, then they'll have already been gelatinized. You don't need to worry about doing that step. Uh, Get a couple pounds of uh, some two-row malt or six-row malt even if you want. Uh, get them crushed. If you can't get them crushed, uh, just put them in a like Ziploc bag and, and crush them. them with a rolling pin. <laughs> um, and then uh, toss them in a, in a pot with about a quart and a half or two quarts of water per pound of oats and grain. So, um, and then if, if you've got, uh, an oven that can, you can set to like 150 degrees, put it in there to maintain the temperature. So, oh wow. yeah. And the, the water that you're doing, you should, you know, target like 156 or something like that Fahrenheit. So you'll have to do the conversion cause I'm tired <laughs> and I'm not going to do it right now. So my 150 switch that to celsius too you, you'll figure it out you're a smart guy so yeah and then uh just wait 45 minutes to an hour pull it out and uh take the liquid and add it to your you use that as a base for your uh extract patch okay so so it can be done you just have to do like a a, a mini mash. So literally a mini mash is a smaller mash with the oats and a little bit of the, we well, even said how much a pound of, uh, of barley. Um, I would use a couple pounds, couple pounds? probably Damn. Um, just to make sure you have enough diastatic power. Okay. The oats themselves don't have enough or any to, which basically means they don't, they lack the enzymes to do the conversion. Okay. So, so it's just, it's a little bit of work 
just for an oatmeal stout. Have, John, have you? I, I, I mean, I haven't had any oatmeal beers from you, have I? Have you done an oatmeal beer? Yeah, I have. Um, but it was when I was doing all grain, so yeah. I didn't have to worry about this because I was doing a mash anyway. Yeah, you were doing it in the mash, so it's okay. Uh, but it, if you decide to go with the <clears throat> enzyme route, let let me know how it turns out. I'm curious. Well, so. Do you know what the is amylase is? I mean, is amylase I, I have, the same as the enzymes, or do you know? I have no idea. Yeah. That I, I can't speak to it all. Yeah, I don't I, know. I, I, I know no there idea. are different products, but outside of that, I I can't say. Okay. All right. So the mini mash, Jason. That's your. Uh, sorry, sorry, buddy. I know you wanted the easy, quick route, but hey, if you want quality, you got to go. Sometimes you got to go a little bit extra through that mini mash, and you'll be able to get that nice oatmeal mouthfeel. Yeah, well, it's not it's not exactly quick. My understanding <laughs> is you still have to you still have to wait like for the enzymes to actually work. Um, so you're basically still waiting that same amount of time. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, you're just not having to add the grain and keep it at the right temperature. I don't think. Okay. But maybe I'm wrong. I mean, if you have to keep it all at the temperature anyway, pff, screw it. Just do the mini mash and, you know, yeah. get a little extra character in your beer. Yeah. So. Yeah. And you know what, Jason? Maybe it's time for you to go all green. <laughs> <laughs> do your first all grain with this oatmeal stout. Just do it. Just go for it. Let us know there how it go. turns out. Yeah. And, just and go. Go brew in a bag. Yeah, and send us. Yeah, brew, yeah, brew in a bag and send us uh, some samples. It'd be great. All right, thank you, Jason. I hope that uh, we were a little bit of help. At least John was because I was clueless. But that's okay. That's okay. All right, guys. If you would like to contact us, just like the rest of the guys did, you can do that very easily through email at taptocraft at gmail .com, which a couple of our listeners did or through Twitter at Tap to Craft. And, of course, feel free to follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash tap the craft. And don't forget, we also have that voicemail number like Mike Allen used. You can call us at 208-536-3359, or if it's easier for you to remember, 208-53-ODDLY, because we're an oddly bunch of guys. Now leave your feedback. Let your voice be heard on the show. And we want to thank Open Forum Radio Network for supporting the show and providing this hosting space at openforumradio.com. And if you enjoy the content that John and I put out, then we know you will find some other great shows like the following. Thank you so much for listening to Tap the Craft with Denny, John, and Chris. Hey, and if you want to check out more great podcasts, check out the Open Forum Radio Network over at openforumradio.com. We have such podcasts such as Open Forum Radio Proper, Facetious, Geeks for the Win, Gamer Husbands Radio, The OMG Hour, Gaming Vessels, Slash Attainment, and Conspiracy Otter. Hey, thank you so much for checking out Tap the Craft today, and please leave these fellas a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to this great show. Hey, thanks again for listening. All right, now it's time for the Brew Buzz segment, and the Brew Buzz is devoted to discussing various brilliant topics. And this week, we are going to discuss the rock band collaboration beer. This was done between Motorhead and Arcadia Brewing. And it's called the Road Crew American IPA. And we were provided this beer from a promotional group that uh, were contacted us and wanted us to uh to review the beer and so we're going to go ahead and review that beer tonight 
And just to give you a little background on this beer, the Road Crew was launched by Cameron's Brewery, which is a UK brewery, in December 2015, and has gone on to be a massive success. And it's been exported to 22 countries and placed in 1,200 plus locations within the first 12 months in the UK, uh, while having a major supermarket listings throughout the UK. So this beer has uh, already been out and about in the UK, but this is just new in the States. So on June 23rd, the beer was released in the US for the first time and brewed at Arcadia Brewing. And for over 22 years, Arcadia Brewing has been committed to brewing British-inspired uh, beers. So that's kind of a you know nice thing that these guys actually try to brew British-style beers. So they say they aspire to brew beers to achieve the brilliance through balance that satisfy the senses with complex flavor while providing pure refreshment that leaves you wanting more. But I haven't had any Arcadia Brewing beers before. I don't know if you've had any Arcadia Brewing before, John. Have you? I have been there. You've been there. Yep. Okay. So I, 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 we'll leave your uh, your comments on what on their styles until later. Maybe at the end we'll say if you know how, how you like their brewery. I don't want to. I don't want you to give me any any false senses because I haven't had this beer yet. So this will be the first time I'll be tasting it. Um, so just to let you guys know, we were contacted by Natalie Camilo of Adrenaline PR, and, and we're, we were asked that if we would like to sample and review and talk about this Road Crew IPA on a show, and I said, of course we would. And uh, it did take them a couple months to get our samples, but here we are, and we're ready to try this beer and tell you guys about it. And, you know, maybe if you guys have, uh, have had it yourself, let us know what you think of it and how our, our tasting notes uh, match yours if they do. So the name of the beer is Motorhead Road Crew. It is from Arcadia Brewing Company out of Kalamazoo, Michigan. It's an American IPA style, 6.2%. I don't know what the IBUs are because it wasn't said. It comes in draft, 12-ounce bottles and cans, and it will be a year-round release. But again, it was just released first in the States on June 23rd. And I don't know if the bottles that John and I received were from that first initial batch or if it was a secondary batch. So this could be two months old or it could be less than two months old. We won't know for sure. Yeah, there's a date code on my bottle for 7, 10, 18. And I don't know if that's when it was brewed or if that's when it was supposed to be drank by. Oh, you so. know what? Now that I have an empty bottle, I can see that there is something there, but there's no way I can read that. Okay, so maybe we did get a second a second brew. So that's good. It's only a month old, not two, or maybe five maybe. weeks. Yeah. <laughs> All right, John. So let's go ahead and take a whiff of this beer and uh, let our listeners know what we smell in the nose. Boogers. <laughs> wow, oh, you got to clean your I'll nose. I smell out. the beer too. Yeah, it smells. Uh, I don't know. To what do you smell? Well, I was gonna let you go first since I've already, like I, I've already done a tasting of this. So well, so I don't know. It's hard for me to pinpoint it because to me, I want to say grassy, but I know it's not grassy because you last time I said grassy, you said it wasn't grassy. Doesn't mean it can't be grassy. But it's got, um, <laughs> it's got an aroma that 
is hard for me to pinpoint. I thought you were just going to stop it. It has an aroma. It has an aroma. So, <laughs> so I don't know. I'm I'm having trouble pinpointing the exact uh, aroma. It's not like uh, obviously citrus or you know orange or or piney or anything. It's got something a different type of uh, aroma. See, I actually do get a little orange in this. Um, <clears throat> and the other thing I'm getting is, which maybe could be a grassy type character, is more of like a, um, not really weedy, but I'm getting a very like grain. Yeah. Um, grain character so, to it. Ex- that's so. exactly, the, it's exactly what, I mistook the other grassy beer was gr- the grain. You had mentioned the other one, which I forget what we drank because I have a bad memory. But I agree, it's that graininess, that uh, that grainy character that comes out. But it, it kind of reminds me of some grassy notes. But maybe it is a grain. Maybe it is a grain. All right, well, let's go with grainy and maybe a little grassy. We might be wrong. We might be right. How about the color? It's uh, it looks to be. You know, kind of like a a little bit darker hay hay color. Um, I wouldn't say honey. I'd say a lighter lighter than honey, a little bit a little bit darker than hay or straw. What do you say? Uh, I say that I'm in a room that's not lit <laughs> like at all right now because it's almost one a.m. and I'm trying not to. <laughs> Bother people? Okay. So, okay. I'll take your word for it. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to say, uh, I'll say golden. It's golden color. I'll say golden. All right. We'll, we'll move on to the head. The head, the head is, is a, a, a slight off white, if not white head. Um, coarse bubbles, a little bit, you know, some fine. It's got a lot of, it's got a lot of, uh, I mean, the, the head was pretty good when I first poured it, but I've already been talking and sniffing and it's already died down. To just a light uh, coating on the top, so it didn't stick around for very long. Anything else to add? There's some lacing. If I swirl it around, it does yeah, uh, it. lace up. Yep, I've got some lacing. Okay, all right. Uh, we're trying to we're trying to make this go a little bit quicker because I I am taking more time than I promised John. So um, let's take a sip and see what we what we taste. Hmm. Okay. It's interesting, John, because now that you said that you smelt some orange, I get a little bit of orange peel in the flavor of this uh, of this beer, in the in the hop character. Yeah, and I I'm actually getting a bit kind of like uh, a rind as well. Like mm-hmm. it's a little bit um, pithy, I guess. Yeah, um, yeah, pithy. It's pithy exactly. That's what I meant. Like the orange peel, orange rind. Yeah, maybe orange rind is more closer to what I was trying to say. Um, but you definitely get that in this uh, in the finish, for sure. I'm wondering if it's kind of playing off the malt character, too. Um, a little bit of uh, maybe graham crackery uh, malt character in there with the, uh, with the rind. Or maybe it's just the rind is playing tricks with my palate. Do you get any kind of cracker character at all, or just just orange rind? Mm, not really, but again, doesn't mean it's not there. No, it's uh, it's definitely a different IPA, uh, especially when I'm used to those 
Like I've been drinking a lot of New England IPAs. This is definitely not a New England IPA. Um, it it's it uh, it's doesn't it's dry. It has a dry finish, but there is a little bit of perceived sweetness in the flavor as you drink it. But it doesn't finish sweet at all. It's got a little bit of a little bit of sweetness in it, and it definitely has a good amount of bitterness to it, which I appreciate. I appreciate a good bitter IPA. Um, it, it's, it kind of reminds me a little bit of the Fuller's IPA I had, you know, that, that English IPA. I don't know. I kind of, I kind of like it. It's different. It's different than, uh, it's not an American, even though it's called an American IPA, I would say this is definitely not an American, except for the fact that it does have maybe a little bit more bitterness than English IPAs have. Yeah, it could also be, you know, the English take on a, an American IPA, just like we mm -hmm. have takes on English beers that aren't necessarily, you know, true to style, but are representative of what we end up getting effort ships over here and all that kind of stuff, yeah. you know. No, it's uh, actually, it's it's rather good, rather good. I kind of like this one. It's, it's, I like the fact that it's different than the regular IPAs I drink. Um, Let's go into the... Uh, the body, um, it, it seems to be, and of course, I'm always bad at the body section of it, but it seems to be a medium-bodied uh, beer to me. You're probably going to say it's, it's medium-light or light-medium. What is your take on it? Uh, full. Full? Okay, good. No, so, no uh, I would say probably medium. Medium? Okay, so I'm not too far out. See, it's not light. But it's not heavy. It's kind of like right in between. It does have, it does have some, uh, you know, that that bitterness does attack your cheeks a little bit. You do get a little bit of that uh, of a, of that dryness and the bitterness in the cheeks. But uh, yeah, all right. How about the finish? It's a dry finish. <laughs> I think, I agree. It's a dry finish. <laughs> I was waiting for you to say something. And you I was still drinking. I was still drinking, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it is—it's a dry finish. Yeah, um, I do have a little bit of that bitterness linger for a little while, yeah. but um, it doesn't stay forever. So, and I will say that you're right. That it does linger a little bit on, a little bit longer than it does. It does linger, and it does come across partially like the graphite uh type bitterness so you know like you eat a like you put a, a graphite graphite pencil lead in your mouth and you taste that uh, that type of bitterness it does kind of have a little bit of that uh bitterness in the finish to me so it's not the uh, overall pleasant bitterness that i appreciate in a, a bitter beer I don't I don't necessarily like the graphite and that's typically what I get with a lot of English IPAs is more of that graphite or actually not I'll take it back not English I'll, I get that with a lot of Pilsner noble hop finishes give me that that graphite type finish do you think there's any noble hops in this thing uh it could be yeah, there might there might be there might be something in here because it does give me that, it's hard for me to explain, but it's that 
to me, it's like graphite. It's like if I put a graphite pencil in my mouth, I get that that type of bitterness. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah just this is my uh, my thing. Okay. So now comes the question: um, If we were to give this beer to someone new to craft beer, do you think that this is something that we should be giving to our our people that are just trying to get into craft beer, or is this too much for them? No. Not giving it to him. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I agree with you. Even though I appreciate what this does, I think that this is way too much for, for someone new to craft beer that's expecting something lighter or, or you know, more domestic. Um, I think the bitterness finish for sure would throw them off. I think it would it'd really kill them. So um, I agree. Not for newbies. So, John, I agree with that. Um, recommended glassware. Hey, you know what? I'm drinking it out of a nonic pint glass right now. That's an English pint. Why not? The nonic pint is the uh, the beer glass for this beer. You have any other suggestions for beer glasses? No. No. Okay. No, it's okay. All right. So now comes the time for us to rate the beer, John. Um. Just to remind everyone of what our rating system is, it's uh, if it's we have a three tier system. Bottom of the barrel falls into the lower third of our beer list, how we rate it, lower third. Then we have the middle of the road falls within the middle third of how we would rate beers, and of course the upper crust is like the premium premium cut. These are the beers that are recommended to us. So, John, I, I'm just going to go and say this is middle of the road for me. Um, I do appreciate the hop character in it. The bitterness falls a little bit to a negative for me. Um, it's not a beer that I think I'm going to drink, like, you know, more than two. Uh, I think if I drank two, it would be enough. I, I'd had enough. Uh, three, I would probably be sick of it. So it's probably middle of the road. But how about you, John? Uh, yeah, I put it middle of the road, um, and it's not bad. It's it's solid, but it's also probably not something I'd go out of my way for. Yeah, so would be the way I put it. But I would I wouldn't hesitate to grab it if it was available to me. Yeah. So yeah, no, no, no. If I had this to choose from, or you know, Goose Island IPA, I choose this. <laughs> oh wait, did I say it out loud? Okay. All right, so that is our tasting notes segment. John, how have you uh, experienced other? Ar- You've been to Arcadia Brewing, um, and they make English style or English influenced or British influenced uh, ales. What do you think? Are they a a pretty good brewery that uh, I should go visit when I'm in Michigan? Uh, yeah, they got a nice spot. Uh, they got a cool uh, tap room up there. Uh, Let's see. I I stopped in with uh, Wes when we went up to Grand Rapids for the um, homebrew comp mm. uh, conference, mm-hmm. and we were doing some some breweries, uh beforehand. But uh, yeah, I I don't remember specific beers that we had, but I know we we enjoyed ourselves there. Okay. So yeah, all right. It's worth checking out. Yeah, and. And Kalamazoo is that's by Grand Rapids. Is that on the way from Ohio to 
uh, it's, um, we'll get corrected on this, but <laughs> I, I think it's like 30 minutes, 45 minutes away. Okay. So, okay. So, I, I mean, one of the trips I need to make out there, I think when I come out to visit you again, I'm going to, I'm going to land, I might fly into, um, Grand Rapids, visit our friends from Fluxapose, uh, hit uh, Founders and Oddside Ales, and uh, and then drive over to Columbus uh, and see you. So I'll, instead of going all the way over to uh, Pittsburgh, I'll just stop a little bit shy and then drive over that way and and hit some breweries on the way. So I I think I think I'll probably do Oddside Ales and Founders. Maybe skip Arcadia. Okay. Any other comments, John? Uh, no. All right. Well, let's close the show. But before we close it up, John, do you have anyone you'd like to raise a glass to this week? Yeah, I'll raise my glass to uh, Mark and Heidi Church, who have been awesome uh, coming in, uh, basically established themselves as regulars at, at the brewery. Uh -oh. We attempted to scare them away with our meetup, but it didn't work. <laughs> so... They're they're coming along and they they've been uh, bringing a bunch of new people in with them. So they're introducing the brewery to people. So that's awesome. They're awesome. I look forward to seeing them all the time. So and they uh, hooked me up with some beers. I've got a Southern Tier Thickment oh, waiting for it as well. Yes. I just he haven't gotten me, to it. And he that told time. me he was bringing you that. Yes, awesome. Have you had it before? I have not. Oh, so. it's so good. But don't mix it with ice cream. <laughs> yeah, the vanilla ice cream does not work with that beer. I we tried it; it's too bitter. Ah, well, good. Yeah, you know, yeah. Mark told me he was going to bring you a thick mint, so that's good. I'm I'm glad. Okay, well, yeah, that's that's it for me. So, how about you? Yeah, I am not going to piggyback on your uh, toast this week. I don't even know how to react. It's, I know. It seems like I, know. I have my fur. own. I have my own. Um, I need to raise my glass to all of my friends and, uh, and the breweries and everyone that I interacted with in Israel for, you know, the two weeks I was there. My buddy Ziv, my buddy Alex, his brother Evgeny, uh, the Beersheva Homebrew Club and Gary. And of course, the owners of Buster's Beverage Company and of, I mean, those are all great people, great places. I just raised my glass to the great times that I had in Israel and all the good beer and cheers to all of you. And also, of course, you know, being a former serviceman, I need to raise my glass to, and thank all of those who have served and who are serving in the U.S. military services, protecting our freedoms. I just want to raise my glass to you and thank you for your service, and I hope you return home safely to your family soon. And I'll continue to raise a glass to Hopcloth Apparel for partnering up with us. They encourage all of our listeners to go visit their site at www.hopcloth.com and check out their creative craft beer clothing line. And of course, use the code tap the craft, all one word, tap the craft at checkout to get free shipping. And you can find the beers that we mentioned on the show in the show notes located on the show post at openformio.com. And if you would like to follow us on social media, I can be found on Twitter, Instagram, and untapped at loose screw. And John, how can our listeners follow you? 
on Twitter at Prime Brewing on Tap Prime WA, or really you should just follow the brewery Trek Brewing on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Trek Brewing, or visit the website trekbeer.com. All right. It's last call. Time to bring the show to a close. We want to thank you for downloading and listening. We ask you to please tell a friend and, of course, subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher Radio or TuneIn or Google Play or however you listen to your podcast. And as a reminder, we release a new show every two weeks. Now go out there and spread the good word of craft beer. Cheers. Cheers.